What's up guys? Before we get into the video today, I just want to give a huge shout out to today's sponsor, and that is Thrive Fantasy. Come prop up on Thrive Fantasy this season. Thrive Fantasy is a daily fantasy sports app for player props. All you have to do is choose 10 out of the 20 player prop options to build your lineup. Use promo code HIVE, that is H-I-V-E, when you sign up today, and you will receive an instant $20 bonus on your first deposit of $20 or more. Download Thrive Fantasy on the App Store or the Play Store, or by visiting their website, www.thrivefantasy.com. Sign up and prop up today. What's up, guys? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Right Gold Standard Podcast here on 49ers Hive. My name is Zach Hernandez, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Anthony Perry. And today we're going to be bringing you our preview for the 49ers-Jets Week 2 matchup. Anthony, how are you doing today, and how excited are you for the 49ers to get their season back on track? Dude, I am really excited for this Jets game, and... This isn't a game to say that I think it should be overlooked, but nonetheless, man, this is the get-right game for them. This is a game where, okay, we saw how the Cardinals game went. They did look very rusty, and I'm not going to blame Jimmy Garoppolo, man. I'm just going to blame the whole team. I know the defense did really well for the most part, but still, there were times when they broke down and that didn't need to happen. So overall, the team looked rusty, and if there's any game where they can get back on the right track and really just get steps in the right direction moving forward for the rest of the season, it is definitely against the New York Jets. Yeah, I mean, it, it's kind of like the best thing they could have asked for is having uh, these two games on the East Coast because although, you know, West Coast teams usually have a hard time going to the East, I think the 49ers won't have too tough of a time this time around. Um, the Jets got beat up on last week, man. Uh, they lost by 10, 27 to 17 against the, the Buffalo Bills, and it was just an ugly performance all around. Um, they obviously don't have their best player anymore, Jamal Adams. He's now in Seattle. So I just feel like the 49ers aren't going to have to do too much to get this win. Um, but that being said, they did look really, really bad week one right out the gate. So I'd like to see them improve on a lot. And even if it's overkill on a lot of stuff, I, I want to see them do it. Um, so guys, in this preview, we'll go ahead and just... Uh, go over some key matchups we want to watch and then we'll go into some predictions and then we'll wrap it up by answering some RGS mailbag questions, comments, and concerns. Um, Anthony, why don't you go ahead and take it away with our first key matchup on Sunday? Obviously, I'm not going to highlight a specific player because in my opinion, with all due respect to the Jets, there isn't one major player on their team I'm too concerned about outside of Maybe Brian Poole, who is a really, really good slot cornerback. He's arguably a top five slot cornerback in the game. And he doesn't play like Kwan does, but he's very good at his job. So maybe Brian Poole is something to look out for. Look up, look up a specific group matchup in general, man. This Niners defensive line has to absolutely crush the New York Jets' offensive line. And the Jets don't really feature anyone on the offensive line that the team should be too worried about. Obviously, they just drafted high, uh, high-end tackle Makai Becton who in his first game against the Bills did not look that bad. He looked kind of exactly like how he did in college. Very athletic, very, very strong, quick to quick to the point of attack. 
but he can kind of get his feet shuffled and that just kind of happens when you're that big so that's one of the big key matchups i'd say to highlight with right away is nick bosa going to be over him if d ford is healthy hopefully is d ford going to be over him it kind of just depends on how the matchup is going to go man but overall that's probably like the biggest player matchup i could think about makai becton and overall the offensive line as a whole man because this Niners group they were getting after Kyler Murray Nick Bosa was having himself a game even though he didn't get any sacks that's not the case Javon Kinlaw was making some nice plays out there shedding blocks getting right to Kyler who would obviously just scramble away because that's kind of simply what Kyler does and even uh Kerry Hyder who got a nice sack and DJ Jones who still looks like he picked up from where he left off last season before his injury so overall, I'd say the biggest key matchup as of right now, that Niners defensive line has to get after the Jets' offensive line. We'll talk about Sam Darnold in a little bit, but right now, Zach, I really want to put the focus on the offensive line. They finally get a pocket passer. They finally get to face another weak offensive line, just like Arizona's. And the Sam Darnold's going to be food for these guys, man. These defensive or these offensive linemen that the Jets feature are just like crumbs and bits of popcorn that our defensive line should be able to just nibble and pick at and just pick apart entirely man because again there's no one you should really fear these guys shouldn't come with their tails between their legs and have to be intimidated by anyone the Jets feature because quite frankly the Jets don't really feature anyone on that offensive line that the Niners should worry about this is a game where these guys have to get after him and simply put man they got to get the job done and I think they can do that yeah that that offensive line and defensive line matchup is going to be a big one. Uh, you, you spoke about Mekhi Becton there, and he didn't look fantastic in week one. Um, you know, he allowed two pressures on 41 pass blocking snaps per PFF. Um, but now there's word apparently he was injured by uh, with a knee injury. Nick Bosa is probably going to feast all over that. Um, Nick Bosa played really well last week. I believe, if I remember correctly, he had five or six pressures um, unfortunately he couldn't get home on Kyler Murray because who can in reality. Um, but Nick Bosa usually is a guy who's able to force the quarterback into the middle of the line and, you know, the interior guys or, or guys like D Ford and Eric Armstead are able to kind of, to mop up the floor and get the sack. And we didn't see that last week. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing them get back on track. Um, I saw Nick Bosa also come out and say, you know, like, the, the Jets play a more traditional style offense, and this is going to give us a time, a chance, excuse me, to kind of get us back to basics and get our fundamentals back down and get our nice uh, ground floor kind of, or base kind of laid, excuse me. And I think that's just, you know, that doesn't show enough about what they're trying to do and get back to basics. Then, you know, you're, you're obviously missing everything he's saying because what he's saying is, we're going to be able to ball out against these guys, and we can't wait to get out there and just pin our ears back and, and go. Um, Sam Darnold is no Kyler Murray. He's not going to be pressures and, and you know escaping sacks. That's not Sam Darnold's game at all. So I'm really looking forward to them doing that. Um, but also, I want to see the 49ers receivers step it up. Um, the, la- the biggest news since we recorded our last episode is is that they 49ers went out and signed veteran wide receiver Muhammad Sanu, which is a big addition. Uh, I know a lot of people are discounting this, saying he's no OBJ, blah, blah, blah. And the 49ers don't need an Odell Beckham Jr. right now. Um, and, and two, you have to understand, he's just simply a stopgap player until the 49ers rest. The top receivers, Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk, 
come back from injury. And Brandon Ayuk, from all indications, will be back Sunday. And Debo should be back by week four. So he's just a stopgap player, stopgap signing, and he brings a lot of veteran presence. And he knows the system. He had the best year um, of his career with Kyle Shanahan. So I just feel like people have to understand that the type of player that they wanted, they got in Sanu. Um, so, so with that set aside, I really want to see how these receivers perform against the Jets secondary entirely. And I already said they don't have Jamal Adams anymore. Um, you know, I think Pierre Desir is maybe their top corner. You spoke about Brian Poole as well. Um, I, I like I like the 49ers receivers' chances. Um, I know a lot of people were giving Dante, you know, crap after his first game, saying he wasn't separating. But after the All-22 came out and people went back and took a closer look, he was actually separating pretty well. And Jimmy just wasn't pulling the trigger and hitting him quick enough he wasn't precise enough with his decision making and that's another area where I want to see these 49ers improve on Sunday is Jimmy Garoppolo Anthony do you think he'll have a better game this week Zach I'm gonna say this if he doesn't have a better game this week and let's face it Jimmy already had a pretty nice day as it is I think he had 19 or 20 completions for 234 yards a couple touchdowns something like that so against the Cardinals Jimmy didn't have that bad of a day from a box score perspective but if you look at it from like the the key points where it mattered perspective that's where he kind of failed to capitalize and really failed to to come through for the team so yes i do think he will have a better game per se but going up against the jets man i don't think he'll need to be in that kind of situation where he is coming back against against the jets where we are down by three four five points whatever it may be and he has to lead a comeback drive or something of that nature Going up against the Jets, man, I really hope that's not the case because I get that's week two. I get the team may still be rusty, even going out to the East Coast. But still, with all due respect to the Jets, it's the Jets, man. You cannot just, you can't succumb to these guys and you can't fall to them and you can't just let them bend us over. I'm going to keep it real as it is. So Jimmy shouldn't have to be in a situation to where his name is truly called upon. I think this will be one of those games where, yeah, the Jets feature a pretty decent run defense, even with uh, not-so-impressive personnel. But this will be the type of game where Kyle Shanahan is going to ask Jimmy to game manage, get Jimmy back into shape. Maybe he'll be required to make some decent throws like he has been in the past. But overall, it shouldn't be anything too too stressful for Jimmy. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, I think he should be able to go out there and just like the defensive line, get back to basics, and get his game in order uh he looked just off he looked completely off last week and we'll get into that later in our mailbag um but i just feel like look guys uh, the lack of preseason showed it, it was extremely evident and uh our own matt llewellyn said it best you know like the more athletic quarterbacks and the guys who can rely solely on their their skill traits they all performed relatively well It was the guys that are the more traditional pocket passers that didn't play as well because they were a little rustier. They needed, you know, maybe a game to get back into NFL rhythm, into the speed. And I would look for Jimmy to get back to the Jimmy that we saw last season this week. Um, And and it's, of course, going to help that they have Brandon Ayuk scheduled to play this week and make his his, uh, NFL debut. And it's still kind of up in the air if, if Sanu will play. 
um, due to the COVID testing and regulations. The soonest he would be able to practice is Friday. Um, so he would not have much time at all to kind of get acclimated to the game plan and the system um, before playing on Sunday. But with all that said, I'm not quite sure how much time he would actually need, given that he's already been in a system similar to, you know, that is was Kyle Shanahan's in Atlanta. Um, but yeah, man, I'm really looking forward to Jimmy getting back to it and just kind of lighting them up. We'll go over our predictions later. I feel like every uh, preview game, or excuse me, preview pod we do, my MVP pick is Jimmy. So this week, just a sneak peek, it's not going to be Jimmy. <laughs> I just realized that right now. Now, Anthony, transitioning into the 49ers running game, they did not look fantastic last week, and it seemed like they kind of got away from the running game entirely as the game went on. Um, but one of the few bright pieces was Jarek McKinnon. Do you envision him having a larger role Sunday against the Jets? Absolutely, Zach. Absolutely. And I do kind of want to err on the cautious side for McKinnon. Like, I want to I want to keep him bubble-wrapped kind of to where <laughs> he's not going to be put in too many bad situations that might put him at risk in terms of any type of leg or knee injury. But at the same time, man, as football, these guys got to go out there and be ready to play. And I think Jet looks like he's already ready to play. He looks like he didn't miss a beat going into um, this season, dude. After that Cardinals game, that was really impressive. That was really, really impressive. And I give him all the props for just hitting the flat route. Jimmy kind of was a little late on the throw, but Jimmy still hit him. Jarek scored, and that was his first touchdown in, what, over a 1,000 days or like three and a half seasons or something like that, two and a half. So, yeah, it's good to see Jarek included in the offense. It's also nice to see Jarek out there playing wide receiver and running routes like dude, you've missed two seasons worth of football and you're running routes better than some of the receivers on our team already. And I, I'm very shocked that he went out there and performed that well. So I think Jarek will be a huge part of this upcoming game against the Jets, man. Again, the Jets don't really feature too many world beaters on defense now that Jamal Adams is gone. Um, looking at their staff right now, you know, they don't really feature that many linebackers that make you go, oh, wow, this is... Uh, something to look out for, even safeties and corners. So, yeah, dude, I think Jarek, and just like Raheem Oster himself, should be ready to have one hell of a game because this is uh, this is their matchup for the taking. Yeah, I totally agree. He looked fantastic. I was surprised to see just how quick and shifty he looked out there. I thought he was going to be the player with the most rust on him on the entire field, but that wasn't what we saw at all. We saw him ready to light it up. He he had his first touchdown and I think it was like 900 days or something like that. Some ridiculous number. Um, but he, he looked really good. And, you know, I've been a Tevin Coleman defender on this podcast going back to our first couple episodes, but Hey man, with, with the way McKinnon's looking, Coleman's kind of looking a little more relevant and, and not as needed, uh, with all due respect to Coleman, obviously, but there's only so many snaps to go around. And I still like Mostert as a lead back. I like McKinnon as kind of that change of pace back. And I really, really like your boy Jeff Wilson as the pounding bruiser back who should have gotten the ball on fourth and goal on Sunday. But I, I you know, I won't get into that because I'm just going to get heated. But I just, I really liked Jarek McKinnon. I'm, I'm really excited to see how he proceeds going into Sunday and then even you know into the rest of the season because I think the 49ers they got they got a gem in him man and you know Kyle Shanahan knew what he wanted when he got him from Minnesota a couple years back 
And just like everybody else, I was worried he wouldn't be that same explosive, fast, shifty back that they originally signed. But from all looks of it, he is still that same guy. Um, but saying, saying on the offense, Anthony, last week on Sunday, George Kittle had that injury scare, which I just want to say real quick. A lot of people are putting that on Jimmy. I saw tweets saying that that was a disgusting throw. How could Jimmy put his best player out there like that and risk injury? Two things. One, high snap from the, the center, who was a guy they signed off the street not long ago. Uh, you know, kind of delayed the timing of the pass. Two, Kendrick Bourne completely whiffed on his block. If he doesn't get that block, or if he does get that block, then it's not even an issue. George Kill's not getting hit low. And three... Technically, George has already landed from the throw and when he got hit. So just saying, man, it's not all Jimmy's fault. There were a lot of things that kind of went into that play happening. But with all that being said, Anthony, George Kittle, it doesn't look like he's going to practice this week. And from Kyle Shanahan's uh, recent press conference, he was saying, you know, we'll see how, how he feels. He's saying he's going to play no matter what, but we'll have to kind of be, I think it was like cautiously optimistic was the term they used. Do you envision George Kittle playing on Sunday, or do you think the 49ers are going to have to just fend without him? George Kittle's the type of player where it's like you don't want him on a limited snap count because he's too valuable and you don't want to put him at risk. But George Kittle's also the type of player where it's like he wants to go out there and ball out and he wants to play every single snap on offense that he can. And it's kind of like a dilemma for the team in the sense that, all right, here is literally the biggest chess piece of our offense, and now he's hurt technically and now we don't know if we can use him because we want him to we want him to stay healthy and not you know risk any further injury but we also need him in this offense to be successful and yeah we saw how the team did without him in the offense last season after he missed a few games and the offense in the run game wasn't nearly the same but we saw how Jimmy G was passing without Kittle and Jimmy G did phenomenal so it it kind of depends on how you're looking at it but overall I personally would not let George Kittle play. He's just these leg injuries the past last season and now this season. It's like those leg injuries happen more often than not. And once you get one, and especially one like he did last season where his knee kind of just extended backwards, I think that was Buda Baker. And then this season where his knee basically did the same thing again, it's like, dude, just be damn safe, please. So I don't think you can risk his long-term health, especially this season. Obviously, you just signed him to a nice contract, and I want to see him live through that entire contract, man. So if I'm going up against the Jets, if I'm Shanahan and the entire staff, I'm going, look, George, we got Jordan Reed, who we need to see more of, but we think can be what you can be receiving-wise. We have Charlie Warner, who still has a lot to work on as a blocker, but has that type of upside. And obviously, we have Ross Dwelly, who is kind of like another go-to red zone threat. So I think the tight end room is fine. I think it'll be that type of situation where George Kittle might suit up, or he might be a part of the inactive roster. But either way, I just... Zach, I wouldn't take any chances with him, man. George Kittle is too way too valuable as it is. We saw how important he was last season. Even when the team was losing the season before, we saw how important he was to the offense then. So if I'm them, Zach, don't take any chances. Let George Kittle get the rest he needs. And if it costs you a game, it costs you a game. We've seen this team overcome all kinds of adversity last season, including losing George Kittle. So if they have to lose him for a game or two and it might cost them a game, preferably maybe against the Bills, so be it, dude. I'm not complaining. Let George Kittle rest. Let him be healthy and keep him healthy for when it really matters down the stretch, especially when the playoffs come around. Yeah, and you know, it's better to rest him now when it's 
potentially a game or two and it's at your own uh your own control rather than play him and then risk further injury and god forbid he does actually get injured and now he's missing an extended period of time and you know and it's a more serious injury he's coming back from and it's completely out of your control as far as when he's coming back so i agree with you i think that they probably if if they're playing this smart they should rest him because this is not a game you look at on the calendar and you think man we're gonna need you know 150 yards and three touchdowns from george to win this one uh, that that's not the case at all. So I think that George Kittle should play this, or excuse me, should sit this one out. And we all know he's the ultimate competitor. He's not going to like it. Um, if he can be out there with his guys, he's going to choose that 11 times out of 10. But he's got to play this smart and, and think about the long run and the bigger picture. And that is if you injure yourself Sunday against the Jets, who knows where you're going to be if this team makes the playoffs, if they make an extended playoff run. And what if you're injured because of, you know, an injury that you further aggravated by not sitting out week two? So there's just a lot of things that can affect further down the line. And if they can nip it in the butt right here and just sit him out one week, let's just go ahead and do that. Because, I mean, like I said, they don't really need him to win this game. And, you know, I really like Ross Dwelly. I think he could have a big game. And if we saw what he did last year against the Cardinals when... Uh, George was out, so I, I would be comfortable rolling with Jordan Reed and Ross Dwelly as the top two tight ends. Um, now, flipping it over to the other side of the ball, Anthony, the 49ers announced this week that Richard Sherman was placed on IR for at least three games. They said that he had, uh, I believe it was a quad injury or some sort of leg injury uh, in the, the back end of the fourth quarter on Sunday. I didn't see anything myself, um, but but nonetheless... How do you think the 49ers secondary will fare against Sam Darnold without Richard Sherman? I might be in the minority here, man, but honestly, I'm really excited to see Akello Witherspoon and what he has to offer. I think Spoon has a lot to offer, simply put, and we saw how good he played, man. We saw how fantastic he was when he was healthy, and he had all the confidence in the world going into that first stretch of games, and then he got hurt, and then it's like, my man just fell off the table entirely and that type of drop off is just it was phenomenal and it's really frustrating but it's also really amazing how how much he dropped off so I'm really excited to see Witherspoon man I think the secondary as a whole should be all right you have that defensive line to really take a lot of the pressure off those guys and let's just hope it does wonders for them you have Witherspoon and Emmanuel Mosley Kwan Williams who is arguably the best corner on the team right now at barring uh, Sherman's injury, and and you know you have the back end guys like Jimmy Ward and uh, Jaquaski Tart who will hold down the safety positions and hold it down well. So I'm not I'm actually not that concerned about the safe uh, about the secondary as it is, man. We're kind of lucky that we got to face the Jets, dude. And I saw Jay Crowder or Jamison Crowder, who is their best slot receiver and their best receiver in general, is hurt. Uh, Denzel Mims, their second round draft pick, is on IR still. And they don't really feature much else on the offense. Le'Veon Bell is hurt. So (laughs) that leaves everyone's favorite Frank Gore, which we'll probably talk about a little bit later. But overall, man, the secondary shouldn't be afraid of any of the receivers that the Jets are featuring. We got Jameson Crowder and Chris Hogan are probably the two starters and Brashad Perriman. So again, dude, a couple guys who are decent burners, but nothing that Emmanuel Mosley and Akello Witherspoon and Kwan Williams shouldn't be able to face. I think the team is kind of... Not lucky, but they are fortunate that they do get to play 
the Jets' bad receivers. Eventually, the Bills' is not-so-talented wide receivers outside of John Brown and Stephon Diggs. So don't overlook them, but it's still nothing too spectacular because they have Josh Allen. And then you got to play the Eagles and Dolphins. So in a sense, it's nice that Sherman is going to get the rest that he needs and get the proper rehabilitation that he needs because he's getting old, dude. Those legs are kind of wearing down on him, and that's not to say he can't play game speed, but injuries happen faster and faster the older you get, especially with your legs, and the longer you can keep Sherman healthy and happy, the better. So, yeah, dude, let Sherman rest. I think the secondary is going to do just enough to get their job done, and I think it's really going to be up to the defensive line to kind of just honestly hold down the secondary. It's going to be interesting because, like you said, Akello is going to be in there, and Emmanuel Mosley now shifts to your number one corner, and Mosley was getting picked on all game Sunday against the Cardinals, and you know he was up against uh, DeAndre Hopkins for the most part, so it, it made sense that the Cardinals are going to go at him because that's their number one target. That was their big acquisition in the off season, and and he and he paid well for them he played well for them uh there they, they got return on investment right away but with that being said Mosley did not look great he didn't look too bad either but he didn't look fantastic and um I think just the talent level the difference between a guy like Hopkins Mosley was on full display Sunday and I think this Sunday against the Jets he'll have a good opportunity to kind of level that playing field against the Jets wide receivers and he'll look a lot better. Um, and and, and Akello is interesting because I also forgot to, to mention he's in a concussion protocol. Um, and there's a chance that he might not play. But I do think that it's kind of leaning towards him playing. The 49ers would be kind of in a really bad position without Akello on Sunday. But I just think that he needs to step it up. And he already knows that. He knew that coming into the season it's kind of a make it or break it season for Akella Witherspoon in his career. Um, so this is the perfect opportunity for both of these guys. It's a good opportunity for Mosley to kind of say, Hey, look, I can still ball. I can still get this done. Don't worry about me. That was, you know, I was playing against the best receiver in the NFL. It's bound to happen. Um, and then Witherspoon on the other hand is saying, let me redeem myself. I still have talent. I can still do this. Um, because corner man, corner's like kicker. It's like so much of it is mental. It's a mental aspect that you got to have. And we saw Witherspoon lose it when he got injured last season. He totally had that mentality and then he got injured and he came back and he didn't have it. So I just think this week is the perfect get right game for pretty much the whole team. <laughs> With all due respect to the Jets, but the 49ers are just worlds better than them. And they should be able to just kind of beat up on them. And uh, we actually just did a video, me, Anthony, and Matt Llewellyn, about uh, concerns about Mosley, and we kind of had a debate as to whether or not we should be concerned about him being the lead corner, and that's up on our YouTube channel right now. If you guys want to go check it out, just search 49ers Hive, and it's the latest video, and make sure you guys subscribe to the channel, because we bring new videos and great content almost daily. Um, but Anthony, you did touch on Frank Gore there. The old 49ers legend, OG himself, will be starting due to the fact that Le'Veon Bell was placed on IR this week. Um, and how worried are you about the 49ers defense having to go up against the guy who's beating Father Time itself? I'm more concerned at the fact that they have to go and hit Frank Gore. Like, bro, 
I'm, come on, man. Why Frank Gore? You know what I mean? Like, let the guy be. But, um, you know, he's averaged over four yards to carry for his entire career. Obviously, he's, his legs have slowed down, but his mindset and mentality haven't. So when you have that kind of mindset going into professional football at that age, I honestly think you can do anything. So with all due respect to Frank the Tank Man, I don't think the team should be too concerned. But they should be ready to have to deal with a guy who can churn out yards and just who can just still make plays somehow. So nothing to be too concerned about Frank. Um, if he does somehow get heavily involved with the Jets' offense and I know the run game is kind of open when you have to use the wide nine technique like the Niners do on the defensive line. But overall, the Jets' uh, offensive line shouldn't be anything too spectacular. I don't expect the holes to be there all the time for Frank. And I wish I could say that about him being on our team. But nonetheless, man, it's nothing to be too concerned about. I think if the Jets push the ball into the goal line and they get within like five or four yards, I think that's when we can really see Frank Gore highlighted more so. But if it's anything before that, dude, I think they should fully be expecting Sam Darnold to pass the ball 30 to 35 times this game or even 40 times because Adam Gase is going to know that our secondary is kind of uh, kind of ravaged right now. And yeah, the starters at safety are there, but we saw what happened with Emmanuel Mosley, albeit that was DeAndre Hopkins. But still, you see that Mosley has that ability to give up plays constantly, and you got to figure Gase even if he's not a good coach, is still going to at least try to exploit that. And obviously we don't know what we're going to get out, out of Witherspoon, assuming he's healthy. And we got to hope Kwan stays healthy himself too. So there's a lot to process, but overall I think we'll see a decent amount of Frank Gore, but he hopefully shouldn't be too much of a factor into the, the Jets' overall game plan. Yeah, it, it was funny. Uh, coach Shanahan in his latest press conference, he was asked about Frank Gore, and he was saying you know, that he remembers – back when he was a quality control coach with Tampa back in 2004. And he said, quote, I loved him then. I loved him every year. He runs so hard. The guys that run that hard very rarely can play to his age, which just shows how dedicated he is, how much of a football player he is, and obviously extremely talented, but he's a special dude. So it's cool to see the new head coach, obviously Kyle Shanahan, who had no relation to Frank Gore when his time was with the 49ers, show that respect for him and I think he can kind of feel the room and know how loved he is by the faithful and, and, and the fan base and the reporters alike. Um, I saw a report today actually that uh, after the 49ers lost the Super Bowl, Nick Bosa said that it was Frank Gore of all people who kind of reached out to him and kind of told him, you know, hey, keep your head up, uh, you know, not to worry about it. So he's just, he seems like such a, a 49er. I mean, really, there's no other way to put it. He seems like he's he's red and gold for life and you know he still will talk about the 49ers as we as recent as this offseason his profile picture is joe staley's jersey i mean the guy the guy's a niner through and through and when he was asked about having to play the 49ers this week he said something along the lines of you know hey man it's it's you know unfortunate it's got to be the niners but hey it could be anybody it could be the seahawks it'd be the niners and i'm gonna go out there and do what i gotta do to get my team the win so all due respect frank gore that man is a legend. I think we will see a good amount of him on Sunday, um, just due to the fact that obviously Le'Veon Bell won't be there. But I think Adam Gase is going to try and, and rewrite the script on Sam Darnold this week and take advantage of the 49ers injured secondary. And, and probably, just like you said, he's going to be throwing a lot. 
And I think he's going to be mistaken. I think the 49ers secondary is going to have a big game. Uh, and I think here's one of my bold predictions. I'll, I'll give it to you now. I think they're going to have two picks. Uh, I think the safeties are going to have one. And I think Mosley's going to have another um, because I just don't think that Sam Darnold is that great. And especially when paired with a guy like Adam Gase, it's just not a good duo altogether. And Sam Darnold will be yet again seeing ghosts. Um, but with that said, Anthony, why don't we go ahead and move into our predictions? Why don't you go ahead and give me one of yours? So, Zach, I think I'm going to roll into my predictions, and I'm going to start with a bold prediction like you said. I said last week the Niners are going to force four turnovers against the Cardinals, and obviously that didn't happen, but they did force one turnover. They had a good amount of forced fumbles, too. Someone said Quan Alexander had three forced fumbles on the day. I don't know how the hell he did it, but, hey, if, he had, if they had that many fumbles, man, I will take it and i will run with that but with three forced fumbles no recoveries that's the problem so zach i'm gonna roll into this my first bold prediction for this week and you guys are getting a sneak peek of what my bold prediction piece is going to be for the weekend for this upcoming game but overall guys i'm i'm gonna say the niners will get forced four four turnovers four turnovers force four turnovers but that is hard to say oh my god four turnovers dude and more more better yet dude i think this might be a little crazy, but I think Darnold will see ghosts, but I have a gut feeling the team is going to force more fumbles than interceptions. I do think they'll pick Darnold at least once, but with him standing in that pocket being an overall mess with no decent receivers to throw to, I think they'll force a lot of fumbles on him, man. And, and I'm so sorry, Frank Gore, but he hasn't quite had to face the defensive line that we featured so far, and I don't know if Gore himself is going to be quite ready for these guys, so... I think the team is going to fumble at least three times, and we're going to recover three fumbles. You'll hear our score predictions at the end of this podcast, man. Obviously, I think it's going to be a blowout. You'll hear about that later. But to start, Zach, I'm going to go with at least four turnovers for the 49ers. Damn, all right. I love it. Um, I think, and I talked about this earlier, I I asked on Twitter also what uh, people are going to be expecting from Brandon Ayuk's NFL debut on Sunday. Like I said, all signs point to him playing, so I'm going to treat it as such. And a lot of people were saying it was either kind of like hit or miss. It was like, you know, 100 yards and two touchdowns uh, or nothing, a couple catches, 10 yards, 20 yards, not much. Uh, But I'm going to go a little in between. I'm going to say he's going to have about four catches for 84 yards. And I think he has I think he has a touchdown. I think he catches a nice 40-yard bomb from Jimmy and runs it in, gives us a little uh sneak peek at what he was able to do back at Arizona State. Uh the the guy is lethal once he gets past your secondary, once he beats that corner. So I I'm really excited to see Brandon Ayuk in this offense and I think him and Jimmy start building that chemistry early. I think Jimmy is almost already fed up with his receivers after that week one performance. He looked extremely frustrated. He seems like a guy that grows impatient quickly. And I just feel like he's looking to build chemistry with somebody else. And a guy as talented as Brandon Ayuk, I think he's going to take advantage of that connection early and often uh, come Sunday. Anthony, do you have any more for us? Or do you want to save the rest for your preview piece? I won't drop a bold prediction, but I think I'm going to jump on the IU train with you. 
I think they'll have him on the snap count. He's got to get acclimated with the game, but I don't think a little hamstring injury should take away from his game as a whole. Albeit, I'm going to say little hamstring injury with a grain of salt because I don't know the severity, but if they say he's ready to roll, I believe he's ready to roll, and if they have him ready, he should damn near be 100% in game speed. So, Zach, I think they will acclimate him into the offense quite like how they did with Debo. I think we'll see a couple of end rounds from Ayuk where he gets some open field on some back-end carries. So, Zach, I think Ayuk will finish for, let's, I'm going to be generous and say, like, five catches, uh, 74 yards. I think he'll also finish with two carries, and I'm going to say two carries and 32 yards. I think that will be my little Ayuk prediction right there. All right, I love it. Um, so why don't we go ahead and move into our mailbag, and then we'll wrap everything up with our final score predictions. Um, Anthony, we did receive a video. Uh, it was more of a, a concern question from Ashley Ross on Instagram. Her handle is AshleyRoss3. And I'm going to play this video for you, and I want to get your opinion on it. But to the 49ers, I've got some question marks now. I'm not saying, you know, panic. It is game one. But I have to go back to Jimmy G, right? And this is what I'm really wondering about Jimmy G. When the game is on the line and I need my quarterback to be that guy that I trust and that can get the job done, I don't have overwhelming confidence in Jimmy G yet. And to me, he needs to take that step in his career. He needs to take that step because he's been paid like he's that guy. He's had the expectations that he's that guy, but it always seems in these moments where he's supposed to deliver big and he doesn't, he kind of gets a little bit of a pass. So I think that he needs to progress in his game and maybe that's also part of the play calling that they do run for him, but I want to see him be that dude, have a Tom Brady-like two-minute drill and really put the team on his back. So what do you think about that, Anthony? Do you think that she's asking for a bit much of Jimmy Garoppolo, or do you think that that's something that he's capable of doing? I'll tell you right now, I know I started this podcast with the whole Jimmy's rusty, maybe we can give him a slight break. But at the same time, you got to figure, man, this dude had, has had all offseason in the training camp to prepare and get ready for this game. He's had all offseason and whatnot to get ready for this offense in particular. And to, to see him go out there and kind of lay an egg in clutch time when it mattered, that was really frustrating to see. So I don't think we necessarily need to see him have that big, like, 300-yard, four-touchdown game. But we got to see him come through with these clutch throws, man. And look, if they are going out there and they're molly-whopping the Jets and maybe Kyle Shanahan lets off the gas a little bit for Garoppolo in that offense, okay. But when he does call that type of play where even if they're up by 20 and the team still needs to convert on third down, I want to see Jimmy Garoppolo do it. Because, yeah, okay, it's a soft matchup, sure, if they're up by 20, whatever, sure. But I want to see Jimmy Garoppolo hit that completion on third and long or third and short or whatever it may be. And I want to see that type of progress from him, man. That's what that that's kind of like my biggest pet peeve with Jimmy Garoppolo right now is like, we saw him play so well, and we saw him play so well when George Kittle was out and when that when half the team was hurt in the second half. And just like the Arizona Cardinals games, just like the Saints game, we saw Jimmy Garoppolo just play to a whole other level. And it's like, we know he can be that ceiling. and Or, or excuse me, we know that 
that can be him. We know that can be the type of guy he plays as. But can he do that on a consistent basis? And I get he was rusty, and I get the team was rusty. But when you don't see him come through like that in week one when he has had time to rest and get ready, that's a little more concerning. And it's that type of inconsistency that makes you go, well, can Jimmy Garoppolo really be the guy? Because you see, and maybe I'm overstating it a little bit because these are tier one guys, but you see guys like Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson and Tom Brady in his prime and Drew Brees and obviously Patrick Mahomes, and they just come through when it matters. And I know Jimmy Garoppolo isn't those guys, but when you see him do it, when you have seen that he can do it, and then he's put in the situation, a.k.a. the Super Bowl, aka this past game and he doesn't do it it's like oh my god dude we are paying you all this money to 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 go out there and just win us games and yeah you look at jimmy garoppolo's salary now where he's paid like a sixth or seventh highest quarterback in the league okay now it's team friendly but the point being is that we are still paying him a decent amount of the salary cap to go out there and be the guy and help us get to where we need to be and and quite frankly just elevate the team and you gotta wonder does Jimmy Garoppolo have what it takes to elevate the team around him and win the team games consistently? And he did it last season. He didn't really do it in the playoffs technically, and he hasn't done it this season just yet. So now everyone has to question, can he be the guy? Can he do what it takes to get this team over the edge and really push him to the brink of a Super Bowl championship? And right now, Zach, even after that past game, even after all the excuses I've made, I don't know if it's there with him, dude. I, I got to hear your opinion on it. But right now, I don't quite know if I'm at that level where I can say, yeah, I think Jimmy Garoppolo can go out there and win us the game every weekend. You know, I, I said this on our post-game show um, on, on our YouTube channel. And I said, I just don't think that I trust Jimmy Garoppolo apparently as much as Kyle Shanahan trusted him, which is hilarious because... Going back to last season, it was like, trust Jimmy, you know, like I kept, I was yelling it from, from rooftops. You got to trust Jimmy. You got to show some trust in Jimmy. Let him throw the ball. Well, he completely went out there and trusted Jimmy way too much. Um, Jimmy was just not reading his reads correctly, going through progressions way too quickly. And whatever the case was, they should have transitioned more into the running game, but they, they didn't. So I don't know, man. I just feel like. I would love to see that from Jimmy Garoppolo. However, he's not that player yet, and it's remained to be proven if he's able to become that player. Um, we've heard it a thousand times. The greatest quarterbacks elevate the play of those around them. We've seen Jimmy do it at times. Uh, when he first came in, that team couldn't win a game to save their lives, and they rattled off five straight wins. Um, but we haven't seen that 2017 Jimmy since he got injured. So it, it's unfortunate, but I just, I need to see more from him. And I totally agree with Ashley Ross. I want to see it. I want Jimmy to come out there starting Sunday and prove everybody, including me, wrong. And I want him to ball out and I don't want it to be a fluke. I want him to continue doing it and, and just say, look, man, I was rusty. I'm not rusty anymore. I'm here uh, we, we've been talking about revenge for seven straight months. Now let's go out there and actually get it. And and until I see that, I will not be sold on Jimmy. And, and I'll tell you one thing. The talks of him possibly leaving and getting cut after this year will remain until he's able to prove his doubters wrong and go out there and play at a consistently high level week after week. 
the the, the rumors and, and the conversations and the think pieces and the tweets, all of it's going to remain until he comes out here and proves us otherwise. Um, so thank you, Ashley Ross. Make sure you guys go and follow her. Uh, her handle is Ashley Ross three on Instagram, and she also hosts the Ashley Ross Show on YouTube. So go and check her out as well. Uh, Anthony, the next question we have is from Thomas, and Thomas wants to know uh, how soon until Mohamed Sanu plays. Well, I'm gonna be honest. I don't think uh, I don't think Sanu's like involvement with the offense is going to be huge. And like you said, I don't know how how incoming COVID testing and regulating and things like that work with new players and stuff like that. So maybe that's up for grabs. But we're gonna go off of the fact that. I think Sanu is going to play. I think Sanu is going to play, bottom line. I don't think he's going to get a good amount of snaps and like be be super-duper impactful that a lot of people are thinking. Because on Twitter, dude, and social media, obviously, I'm getting impact or, like, I'm getting, like, messages from people that are saying, like, oh, I think Sanu is going to have a four-catch, 90-yard, or five-catch, like, like, some kind of really big game from the guy. And I'm like, dude. The guy has, like, not played for the season. He still has to work himself back into physical shape. That takes time if you're a football player as it is. So let him just work himself back into shape. Let Shanahan kind of ease him into the offense. And I think I'm going to say this now, dude. I think Sanu has a good place in this offense. I think Sanu will remain with the team if he shows up. And what I mean by shows up is if Sanu comes into this game and runs all the routes he needs to, does the blocking in the run game that he needs to, and finishes with, say, I don't know, three catches, 37 yards, and a touchdown that mattered, or like a big clutch time touchdown or something like that, I think Sanu has a place on this team. And I think Sanu still has what it takes to be a good receiver, especially in this offense. And I know people are like, oh, well, Belichick traded a second-round pick for him, and he got cut by the team later on, and that should tell you that the guy was never really worth it. It's like, yeah, well... Brady wasn't the type of quarterback that Sanu should have been working with. I mean, everything from Brady was just short underneath check down, flat routes, comeback routes, things of that nature that really aren't what Sanu does. Sanu is a very physical guy. He's not necessarily a deep threat, but he will go out there and he will bully guys on one-on-one situations. And I think that's what we can expect from Sanu now. So if he comes into this game and catches the ball three or four times out of five or six targets with a touchdown and a decent amount of yards... I think Sanu will have himself a day, at least in his standards. I think he, man, Zach, I think this is kind of like his team tryout. Obviously, the team needed depth as it is, but I think for him and for Shanahan, Shanahan wants to see, can Sanu prove it? Can he step up in this offense and be what I expect him to be? And if he does that, dude, I think we might be able, we might see a surprise cut in the wide receiver room. You never know, dude. You never know. So, yeah, I think Sanu will get in this game. I think Sanu will play. I know it's asking a lot from him, but I think he will have a pretty decent impact on how the game plays out, especially for the offense. Yeah, you know, I, I think that we probably will see him this Sunday. And and I think back to when the 49ers traded for Emmanuel Sanders last season, and I don't think they had too many practices before he played that Sunday against the Panthers. Um, it was, you know, two tops, I want to say. So if he's able to practice, we're recording this Thursday night. So if he's able to practice tomorrow, which would be Friday, um, I, I feel like he's got a good shot at playing because if you think about it, if Debo is able to come back 
week four and Ayuk was able to come back this week, then if he doesn't play this week against the Jets, then essentially he's only playing one week without Debo, which is would be next week, week three. And I just don't see the 49ers signing him for that mainly that one week. Um, I, I think he plays... And I think he has a decent role cut out for him already. I don't think that he's going to need a ton of time to get another grasp on this offense. I feel like he already has a pretty good feel for it. So I would just look for him on Sunday out there. And hopefully he can start balling out because this team really needs some help on the outside. Um, Anthony, and the last, it's not a question, but we did have a prediction tweeted our way from Samson. Um, and he tweeted out, that he feels like the 49ers are going to have a big game and a big sack lunch type game. Uh, He said that he thinks that our defensive line will have a six sack lunch game, two forced fumbles, and two interceptions. He thinks our offense has a better showing, and Ayuk has a good first game with four catches for 53 yards, and Mostert caps it all off with another 100 yards plus rushing game. And he's, he's kind of following your prediction with the turnovers and the fumbles and interceptions. Um, so shout out to Samson. Thank you guys for tweeting your questions, your comments, your predictions at us. We really enjoy answering them here. Why don't we go ahead and wrap this up with our final score and MVP predictions, Anthony. Go ahead and go first. I cannot wait. I've been wait- This is my favorite part of the podcast, dude. Just like writing articles for me. I love predicting things. I love guessing things. I love using using our very own Niners outsider insider insight to figure out what we think is going to happen. <laughs> it's the best part about this stuff, man. I love doing this. So, Zach, I'm going to get into my let's do offensive and defensive team MVPs. I think I think after what I saw from Jarek McKinnon last game, I think Jarek McKinnon is going to be the MVP, dude. I think Jarek McKinnon is going to finish. Now, this might be on the slight edge, but I think McKinnon will finish with two total touchdowns. I'm going to say two receiving touchdowns. I'm going to go Jarek McKinnon, two receiving touchdowns. I think he's going to hit 100 scrimmage yards total. So at least, let's say, 40 or 50 rushing yards, 40 or 50 receiving yards. But overall, Zach, I'm going to start on offense, and I'll wait to hear you. But Jarek McKinnon, I think, is going to be my team MVP. After what we saw from him on, on uh, Sunday against the Cardinals, I was really impressed. I was really impressed with this, with this guy, man. To miss so much time and to go out there and step on the field like you haven't missed a beat, that tells me a lot about who Jarek McKinnon is and what he is as a player and what he means to this offense. Kyle Shanahan wasn't afraid to go out there and use him right away. And we saw Jarek running routes just running the ball and doing everything he could. So, Zach, I'm going to go with Jarek McKinnon as my team MVP. Two total touchdowns over 100 scrimmage yards. Damn, all right. Uh, for me, I'm going to go with a bit of a sleeper. Um, I am going to predict that George Kittle sits out this week. And I'm going to go with Jordan Reed, man. I think Jordan Reed is going to have his first big game with the 49ers. And I don't think it's going to be too big. I'm going to say... Six catches, maybe 90 yards, but I think he's going to have a big touchdown in this game, and I think that he's going to show 49ers fans why Kyle Shanahan was so ecstatic to sign him and get him on the team, because I think he's going to be able to showcase his skills and his ability perfectly on Sunday, and uh, man, I I can't wait to see it. Now, Anthony, go ahead and hit us with your defensive MVP predictions. I think Nick Bosa is finally going to get a sack, dude. He missed... 
well not he missed but he had so many sacks just escape his grasp because that damn little jittery Kyler Murray bro but they finally get Sam Darnold a natural pocket passer who has one of the worst offensive lines in all of the NFL even after the addition of Mekhi Becton like he said I think Becton's hurt so I don't know if he's gonna play but nonetheless man I think Bosa will be my defensive MVP I think Bosa will go out there and just shred whoever he's lined up over even if D Ford misses time because apparently D Ford's hurt once again so let's not go into that but I am impressed with this defensive line I'm impressed with how they played this past weekend and I think they won't miss a beat I think they'll step right onto New York's field and punch him right in the mouth man and that starts with Nick Bosa so I think Bosa will have himself a career game just like the Panthers game minus the interception I think Bosa will get at least three sacks I think Bosa will get at least three sacks who have at least two forced fumbles a bunch of TFLs, a bunch of tackles, you name it. I think this is the Bosa breakout game that everyone's finally been wanting to see. And yeah, we saw Bosa breakout last season, but he wasn't even a complete product, dude. He was just a rookie, and he already looked complete. So he has another season under his belt. He's in here ready to ball, ready to play for this defensive line and for this team. And I just, I got to put all my money on Nick Bosa, man. I think Nick Bosa is going to have himself that, like, statement game for the Niners defense. Wow, all right. Yeah, I love it, man. I, You know, I'm a huge Nick Bosa fan, but I got to say, I had been wearing my Bosa jersey since I got it for Christmas last year, and I made the mistake of starting off this season with it, even though I wore it during the Super Bowl, and I am taking full responsibility, Faithful, for the loss last Sunday. <laughs> I should have known that the mojo had worn off. There was no more good juju on that jersey, so I just want to officially announce this Sunday, I'll be rocking my Jimmy Garoppolo jersey, which I had worn uh, prior to receiving my Nick Bosa jersey for Christmas. And I think that the good juju will come back to us. And if so, I will wear that until it runs out. Uh, my defensive MVP, man, you, you already know. It's your boy, Emmanuel Mosley. I think he's going to have a redemption game. Um, I already said he's going to have a pick, I believe. So I feel like he's going to come back, have a big game, show the 49ers and remind them, hey, I'm still here. I can still ball out. Don't worry about me. Um, you know, so I'm looking for Mosley to have a big game and have some nice redemption Sunday on the East Coast. Why don't we go ahead and wrap this up with our final score predictions? Go first. I don't even remember what I said in the live video we did with Matt Llewellyn, bro. But I just... I have a super duper gut feeling that the Niners are going to come in and just absolutely punch the Jets in the legs, the arms, the thighs, the stomach, the head, the chest. They are going to go out there and just rag on the Jets, dude. I'm sorry. I think this is the game where the Niners go, look, I know we lost to the Cardinals. I know we looked rusty, but this is why we're the defending NFC champions, and this is why this year is quote-unquote deemed as the revenge tour. You gotta go out there and make a statement for your team, dude. And it starts with this game. Zach, I got the Niners 38 points, the Jets 10. 38 to 10, 49ers. Damn, alright. Uh, I'm pretty close, actually. I have the 49ers 41 and the Jets 13. I just think they come out pissed off. I think they come out wanting to hit the Jets in the mouth early and often. And I, I think they do just that. Um, so... We got some pretty big wins for us if both of our predictions come true faithful. Let's hope so. And also, if you're listening to this, make sure you tune in live 
after the game on Sunday. Me, Anthony, and Matt will be going live after every game. Uh, we'll be broadcasting it on Periscope on Twitter and also on our YouTube channel. So make sure you don't miss that. We have a lot of interaction with the viewers. And we, we go for about an hour. So if you want to come talk the game, get our thoughts on it, our immediate breakdown of it, check us out on YouTube or Twitter right immediately after the game. We'll be live. Um, but guys, I think that's going to do it. And I just want to say I'm so happy that we're able to get these previews back out there. It had been a long, long seven months, man. So we're ecstatic to bring you them. And we really want to thank everybody who's been tuning in. We have noticed the increased uh, views and, and, and plays this season. So we do want to say thank you. It means a lot that we're growing this podcast from the ground up. Uh, but the biggest thing you guys can do to help show support is leave a five-star review on whatever platform you are listening. If they allow reviews, please, please, guys, you cannot tell you how much that means. We read all of them, so thank you to those who have already left one. Um, and, and make sure you guys are following us on Twitter. My handle personally is at Zach Hernan, and you can follow the, the podcast on Twitter at RGSPod, and you can also follow 49ers Hive on Twitter at 49ers Hive. But, yeah, guys, thank you all for tuning in. And we will see you Sunday after the game. Go ahead and check us out on Twitter and YouTube Live. Anthony, go ahead and let the folks know where to find you and close it out for us. Like Zach said, guys, we're trying to build the sink from the ground up. We started really, really small. But, hey, we're, we're getting there, dude. And it's so much fun. Like Zach said, it's been a long seven months. It's been brutal. I know the Niners lost. But, damn it, bro, we finally got 49ers football back. And I don't care sort of, if they lost out on the entire season. I'm just happy we get to watch our guys go out there and ball out. So, Zach, so faithful. Follow me on Twitter, Perry underscore 49ers. That's P-E-R-R-Y underscore 49 E-R-S.